Burns and Gambo. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort, where world-class action meets Ford Diamond Splendor. Well, with all due respect to the concept of Big Red Reacts, we're taking it a different direction today because, of course, the Cardinals lost yesterday to the 49ers. Yes, they did. Locking in a 13-loss season, a seven-game losing streak, basically the most noteworthy thing to come out of yesterday, and I mean this is no disrespect. It was a hell of a send-off for J.J. Watt, who had two sacks yesterday and was just a monster all over the field. Got a wonderful ovation off the when he was coming off the field and his wife was there and the video that he saw the night before. That being said, I think a lot of Cardinal fans want to hear about the future of the organization with the news that came down today. So we are saving Big Red Reacts. It's less about reacting to the big moments of yesterday's game and instead reacting to the big moments of today's press conference with Michael Bidwell. Yeah, I will say I did like the one for first play, of the, the second play of the game, the touchdown to A.J. Green. Like, that was that was a nice little trick play. Went for a touchdown. I thought to myself, don't blow this. Don't beat the 49ers. Don't win this game. They come out of gates and I'm 7 nothing. I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, no, 6-0. Brader misses the extra point. Don't be, don't shock the world here. And then by that time, I'm looking at the Philly Giants score, and Philly's up by, like, two scores. I'm like, boy, I hope the 49ers don't shut this down because, you know, we don't want the Cardinals to win. I will cop to admit to being worried about it for about 15 minutes yesterday. Like, the same yeah. 15 minutes you were like, oh, no. No, 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 no. Because the Chargers were playing their starters, and the Cardinals were winning, and I thought, no, 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 no. Don't, don't do this. Don't. And then everything settled in, and, and the we'll talk about this in the next segment. The Cardinals it was actually a good day for the Cardinals yesterday with what Worked happened. Great. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Instead, we react to Michael Bidwell. And and this, to me, was probably the quote of the press conference. We aren't as broken as people think we are. He is casting the, uh, the net far and wide, uh, making sure that we've got somebody with a very good plan, with the right leadership skills uh, that can come in, uh, not only at GM, but also at, at, at head coach. Uh, to make sure that we we build the kind of um, team and squad and roster uh, as well as uh, staff and, and plan on both the offense and defensive side of the ball to make sure that we can win the NFC West. And when I, you know, I don't, I don't know that we're as broken as maybe people think. I mean, our record is terrible. But when you, you look at the talent on this team, we've got a lot of talent. We've just got to make sure that they're all playing together. It's it's you could say that, but it doesn't mean a whole lot. We got a lot of talent. We got to make sure they're playing. No, this team needs to a, a whole new invention for talent. They need yeah. more talent. They don't have enough talent. They don't have enough talent. You know, you are what you are. I mean, you said you could say you got all these injuries and everything. This team was the third worst team in the National Football League. There is a you talked about how hard Cliff worked and how he respected Cliff and everything like that. There's not enough talent. Like there's a lack of talent on this football team. They need more talent on the offensive line. They need more talent on the defensive line. They need more talent at cornerback. They need. They just need a lot more talent. So that's where you sit there. We got a lot of talent. Yeah, you've got some. But you know, we talked about. Wasn't there a story we did not too long ago? Like the top. 50 players, or, and they didn't have anybody on the list. The top, it was the uh, top, top 100? Uh, the, the top players under the age of 25. And, and they, they had nobody. Have, they that was it. Yeah, thank one you. player on the not list. Not one. Not one guy made the list. Not one. 
Yeah, you know. you, they need more talent. Yeah, they, they, they do. Um, also, from, and again, this is all from just about an hour ago. We carried Michael Bidwell's press conference live here. When he decided it was Cliff's time. Well, I think you all know that um, I want to give the have the benefit of looking at an entire season, and I'm not going to make any decisions uh, without having the benefit of that. And so I wanted to take in all 17 games over the 18-week season. And so, you know, obviously I've been seeing how the team was performing, but I wanted to have the benefit of all uh, 18 weeks to see how we were, we were responding. I tell you, I had the NFL Network on today when this news came down, and it was fascinating listening to Ian Rappaport and others talk about Cliff Kingsbury and how he was almost relieved he got let go today. You know, oh, he was like, like he, he, was, he, he was like it was. I mean, they went so far as to describe it as virtually mutual. You know, like like Cliff and Ian Rappaport even saying, "Look, Cliff was never going to quit. All right, he was never going to walk away because you know you would you would I'm going to make you fire me, of course, so I get yeah. paid." But Ian Rappaport went so, and we'll play this audio for you a little bit later. Went so far as to say that that I don't think we're going to see Cliff Kingsbury on a sideline anytime soon. He's uh, got more than enough money to go sit on a beach. For for the next year if he wants. I spoke with somebody very close to the situation there and they sent me back. There it is. Hallelujah. <laughs> very close to the Clinton Kingsbury side. There it is. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Like, thank God it's over. Just relieved Just that it's a done. definite re- relief that it is over. Yep. yep. All right. So everybody wants to know about Sean Payton and we'll talk specifically about Sean Payton in a little bit. But Michael Bidwell was asked a very thinly veiled question about Sean Payton. Are you willing to pay for the biggest name on the market? Here's what he said. Well, what I'm willing to do financially is get the best coach and the best GM. I I don't know the biggest name uh, correlates to the best coach. So I I guess what I would say is I I definitely want to make sure that we get the best coach and the best general manager for this team and uh, get this team turned around as fast as we can. But you pointed out the the real question would have been what draft compensation are you willing to give up to get the biggest name on the market? Because that's what's going to be required. Yeah, because you, know? you know that would you know would you be willing to give up a first round pick to get a coach? If he says no, we wouldn't do that. Then you just take Sean Payton off the list. So instead of saying, hey, are you going to interview Sean Payton? You just ask the simple question of, hey, what would you be willing to give up a first round pick as draft if, to, to get a coach? If he says no, we're not going to give up our draft picks. Then you know Payton's not part of the equation. Uh, so you're looking for a GM and you're looking for a head coach. Michael said today it's his preference to hire the general manager first. Well, I'm sure there are lots of factors. I haven't seen it yet, so that's why I say the preference is to hire a general manager first. So. Okay, so there's that. And as far as Kyler, yes, they would like Kyler to rehab in Arizona. Yes. You know, we're, 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 again, I haven't spoken to him, but that's that's what we'd like to see. They would like to see it, but he prefers to be in Dallas with the Beverly Knows and Trusts. We'll see. You know, and, and again, I think there will be a much different dynamic between a coach and the GM and Kyler than there was with Steve Cliff and Kyler. Maybe Kyler got very comfortable, and maybe now, you know, there'll be some people that can hold him more accountable. As far as input that Kyler will have, we're in communication, and uh, and and we should be talking later today. We're texted and and either today or tomorrow, and so absolutely want to get the input of uh, our leaders, uh, including Kyler, and spoken with uh, a number of leaders already. And it's interesting that they, you know, they, they do lump Kyler in there. Look, there was a point last year, I do I do think they were starting to, they brought in Cody Ford. They brought in Hollywood Brown. Clearly, they were talking to Kyler last year to get input because some of his guys were getting brought in. Now, 
how much more input does he have? It all depends on the GM and the coach. You're Michael Bidwell. You can go talk to all the players you want right now, but the coach and the GM are ultimately going to decide how this roster is built. No doubt about it. And then finally, as we wrap up Big Red Reacts here, one last one from Michael Bidwell today. There have been suggestions out there that perhaps he's a little too hands-on as an owner, and that was something that he basically denied, said was not the case. Well, that that's largely the way it's been. I mean, normally the way I've uh, handled things is... is um you know, I want, I want to be. I want to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it, and I think that's uh, appropriate for me. But I'm not making the decisions about who we're signing and re-signing and, and things like that. So almost every single owner has to sign off on any transaction. You know, you've got you've got okay who the new coach is and who the new GM is, and you've got okay everything. And then, so I, I do believe Michael's. I don't think he is an interfering type of owner. I think he's wants he wants to know what's going on and be knowledgeable about it. But I don't think he blatantly inter fears with the process. No, I, 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 th- I know he wants to win, and I don't think he blatantly interferes either, but I also think that's why for a lot of people going outside the organization is such a big deal, right? Because it kind of takes Michael out of his comfort zone a little, and and it's not just surrounding himself with people that he's been surrounded himself with for years and years and years. Gives him a different voice, gives him a different perspective and a different way of looking at things. So much to react to here, and again, the top story of the day, Cliff Kingsbury is out as head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He was fired this morning. Steve Kime tendered his resignation from the organization as general manager. He is out as well. The Cardinals are starting from scratch when it comes to their football operations. And they've got something in their back pocket to help out with that. The Arizona Cardinals have the third overall pick in the drafts. What will they do with that pick and will they still have it come draft night? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. The Cardinals game aside, and again, no disrespect whatsoever to J.J. Watt because he had his moment yesterday, and it certainly was a good one. There was an incredible amount of intrigue around the National Football League yesterday. Yes, there was. And, and we'll talk specifically coming up in a little bit because obviously the main story today locally, and we're never going to stray too far from it, is Cliff Kingsbury out, Steve Keim out, and the search begins for new general manager, head coach combination for the Cardinals. We will never get that far away from that story here. But yesterday was an extraordinary day in the National Football League. It was a lot of fun to watch. And I'll tell you, from a Cardinal standpoint, it was it was fascinating theater watching the morning games and seeing what was happening to the Texans and the Bears and then watching in the afternoon what was happening with the Cardinals and the Denver Broncos. And I don't know if I've ever rooted for Russell Wilson that hard in my life. Listen, we said it all last week. Like They have a real incentive to to win a football game. They have no incentive to lose. They're not getting anything. Houston had an incentive to lose and they won. Mm -hmm. I I was NFL red zoning a lot of yesterday. Just a lot of it, you know. So was and I. when I saw Houston score that touchdown and then he decides to go for two, I'm like, oh, this is freaking great. This is just great. But there was still time left. You know, so you figured out maybe Indianapolis will come back and they just they just didn't. Houston winning takes the first round pick away from them. Lovey Smith gets fired. He leaves them a parting shot. Like, you're not getting the first pick. The Bears lose. Of course they do. They get the number one overall pick. But then the intrigue was, can the Cardinals move up even 
one spot, and we were all rooting for it. And Denver was ahead. Like, they were ahead that whole game. They were ahead, and they were able to hold on and win that game. Russell Wilson had one of his best games this year with the Broncos. Yeah. And they win that game, and with the Cardinals' loss, the Cardinals moved up to three. I tell you, the most interesting part about that Chargers Broncos game was the, and Brandon Staley answered a, a, a the ton injury. of questions about it afterwards. He was playing everybody. I know. He had Herbert in there until the fourth quarter. Yeah. He had Keenan Allen in there until the fourth quarter. Bosa. They, they carted Mike Williams off the field. Yep. Now they announced today it was just a minor back injury, and they think he's going to be ready for the Jags game this weekend. But at some point, you could just see NFL Twitter was like, dude, what are you, what doing? Are you doing? This game means nothing to your organization, yet you've got your top guys out there, and you're putting them in harm's way when you're already locked into the five spot. And, and other teams, did, like the Giants didn't play to win. No. Davis Webb was playing quarterback. Yeah, no, I mean, the Bears they weren't playing to win. The Bears weren't playing to win. They had no reason to. I mean, I mean, but you're talking about playoff teams, and you're right. Like the Bucks, even the Bucks played Tom Brady, I think, a little bit longer than people expected. It was kind of like, come on, man, you, you're not. Well, they didn't play to win. No, they, they pulled lost them half first, of the second quarter. First losing record of Brady's career. His entire career, he's never had a losing record. Huh. First time. That's crazy. That's guy hadn't thought of that. First That's time crazy. that he ever had a losing season. Yeah. And then on a completely unrelated note, congratulations to Mike Tomlin for never having a losing season his entire career. He's a, he should be the coach of the year. He should be the. Uh, they should name. I the wanted award. them so badly, but the freaking Jets just suck so bad. <laughs> I wanted them. To, I wanted the Steelers to get in so badly. That game was brutal to watch. Just it's, okay. It's, yeah, what was it nine to six? Nine to six. It was a yeah. mess. Um, but we're talking. So so that's so now with Houston being the surprise winner, Chicago losing, the Chargers putting up a fight, but. Ultimately succumbing to the the Denver Broncos. Okay. Your draft order looks like this. Chicago, one. Houston, two. Arizona, three. And Indianapolis. And Indianapolis, four. Which is where you need them to be. Comfortably in the rearview mirror, needing to move up. Now, Chicago has a quarterback that made some strides this year, but do they feel like they can get a better one there? Now, the, the you know, or the, see, Chicago's in a great spot to get, you know, a great defensive player if they want to stay at one, but a team may jump Arizona to get now, I don't think there'd be two teams that jump to get to one and two. So I, I look at the two top quarterbacks, and if it's Young and C.J. Stroud, I think as long as the Cardinals are in a position to get one of those two guys, they're in a great trade position. The only way they would get would be in a lot of trouble is if the first two teams both trade out for quarterbacks. I'm, then you're then you have the best defensive play. Then you can just take Carter and you're done. I'm worried that's going to happen. Can I share my scenario with yeah, you? Go ahead. And I'm a worry wart, but I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you why I'm worried about it. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that Houston is going to trade up with Chicago to one, and then Chicago is going to trade out of two to a quarterback needy team, and Chicago is going to make out like a bandito in all of this. That's what I'm worried about. So you think Houston moves up one spot, one Trubis- spot like Trubisky? Pulls a Trubisky, moves up to get Bryce Young. Okay, they move, and, and then Chicago's sitting there at number two and says, "Okay, who wants CJ Scrub? Who who wants Will? Well, what Levis? if Houston just says, "Look, we like both of those guys a lot. Maybe we'll just sit here instead of giving up any draft capital. We know we're going to get one of the top two quarterbacks in this draft, and maybe they." They do, but then I still think you're dealing with the same problem because Chicago probably moves out of one. Indianapolis and, says, and it, I got to get ahead of Arizona. Let me go to one. Yep. And then because now I'm. But I, you know what? It's that's not so bad. It's not so bad. Tell me why. Because you, you get, still get Will get Anderson the, or, or which probably the Georgia be, kid. I'd probably be Carter, I would think. But you get the best player that's not a quarterback in the entire draft. Mm-hmm. You get the best one. 
You get the most impactful. You get you do all your homework. All your it's not it's not terrible. You're, you're not in a you're in a win win situation. You really are. You win if you could trade the pick for a, a windfall of picks, and you win if two quarterbacks go because then you're not you know you're not taking the second best defense. You're taking the very best defensive player in this draft, the very best. So. I think it's a win-win situation. I don't think there's a lose scenario for the Cardinals here. Do you now? If that happens, and again, there's a million different ways this can break. If that happens, I do wonder the temptation. First of all, will there be a market for people wanting to trade up if it goes quarterback, quarterback one, two? Will there still be a market for somebody to trade up and get will, will Levis out of Kentucky, no. or let's say Levis goes number two with C.J. Stroud at number three? Probably not. Or will the Cardinals not get? The offers, and if that's the case, will they almost be forced to stay put, even if they didn't want to? And and then it's not and, so bad, and it might not be. I mean, if you get a generational defensive player there, if you get the next great edge rusher, if you get the next Aaron Donald, if you get the next whatever by staying put, is that so bad? They no, need, they need it. You know, they they sure need do. help on both sides of the ball on the lines desperately. Yep, you get a great edge rusher, an interior player. Like it's it's not terrible. No, and I'm not saying my scenario I don't know if that's going to happen or not I but I I would I and it might have happened anyway I just worry that that somebody might move up to Chicago's spot and quarterbacks will go bang bang right off the board and I just don't know if a third quarterback is good enough to be worth making a move up for the Cardinals or whether to your point they'd even want to move out at number three you gotta hope that quarterbacks you go gotta bang, hope bang. that one of those two teams decides to keep to pick and go grab one of these defensive studs and then even if a quarter so say say a quarterback and a defensive player go one two then you have your choice of making a trade or taking the second best defensive player on yeah. the board yeah and honestly I mean not and we'll le- see how the combine plays out because right now we're looking at you know two defensive players and we don't know if somebody else is going to jump in the combine or things you know we're point. basing it on right now before the combines even started quarterbacks always rise up this time of year whether they're worth it or not they always seem to rise up this time of yep. year. They always do. Text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We get a chance. We'll read some of the best ones on the air. When we come back, the name on top of every fan's mind and likely wish list is Sean Payton. What is it going to take to get Sean Payton to Arizona now that Cliff Kingsbury is no longer the coach? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Let's go. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. I have two years left on a contract with New Orleans, so 23 this upcoming year and 24. So because of that, any team that would want to inquire or speak with me can do so. They just need permission from the Saints. Um, And then down the road, if that's something that materializes into anything else, then there would be compensation required, much like a player trade. That was Sean Payton yesterday. Uh, He's still a member of the Fox broadcasting team, so will be throughout the course of the postseason unless he gets hired by somebody. He did a one-on-one interview with Peter Schrager during the Fox pregame show yesterday in which it was a very kind of honest back and forth about his 
his status. You know, you, you don't really see they, they called it breaking down the fourth wall of television. Like, OK, you're the story right now. You are one of the main stories in the National Football League. Let's talk to you about you. And <laughs> so it was about a three minute conversation they had. And he confirmed yesterday, Gambo, that Denver has absolutely reached out. Denver's the first team. And I was able to have uh, a conversation with their owner. And uh, that's kind of the protocol. So it would go team to the Saints. Uh, and then the interview process can't officially begin until the 17th of this month. Okay. So that's really where it's at. So you can't. Oh, I finished. Go ahead. I'm the sorry. The first thing is you have to agree to compensation with New Orleans in order to to hire him, right? But yes. the, you know the, what the word is is because he's still under contract, any team would have to agree to that compensation. And the belief is that New Orleans is going to ask for the first round pick. But I would imagine if you have if 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 New Orleans is going to grant you permission, maybe you've already agreed to what the compensation is. Yes. And maybe you've already hey, we want to talk to your guy. Well, I'm listen. We're not going to waste everybody's time here. Here's what our asking price is going to be okay i think you're okay spot boom, we'll, on we'll, we'll we'll accept that okay now you can talk to him you're not gonna let every joe you know joe blank and harry talk to the guy <laughs> i don't know if i could say that name <laughs> can i say it I probably could i don't know right i mean it is a name i, I always thought it was tom blank and harry not tom joe blank, blank and harry <laughs> Just say Richard. <laughs> it's yeah. like Joe, Richard, and Harry who yeah. want to talk to. No, I think I think you're not going to let talk. You're no. going to have to know. I'm not, I'll give you permission, but I'm going to like. Are you serious you or not? Right. You're gonna, yeah. This is what the price is going to be. Would you agree to this? Okay. Yeah. If you're going to hire him, so I think that Denver is like okay. We would be willing to give up what you're asking for. No, I I, I think but you're Denver absolutely right. Denver doesn't have a first round pick this year, right? No, that's okay. they, they have a first well, round they pick. Do they got one back in the Chubb trade? The, the Chubb trade. So yes. they do have. That's right. One. That's right. Yep. But it's just a question of, you know, how how many draft picks do they want to not have over the next two years, right? Because they still owe a bunch to Seattle next year, too, for the for the Russell Wilson trade. So how many first-round picks do you not want to have? And does that make that job not attractive? That's part of the problem, picks. too. You have no picks. You're going to give up the if you give up the Chubb pick for me, and you don't have your own pick this year, and then you're not going to have a pick. You're going to get some picks next year. Like, you just wonder if, but it is. You do have Russell Wilson. It's a great organization committed to winning. I always say, you ask me what's the best job. I still think Denver's the best job available. I really truly just because of the history of the organization, right? That's I know they're committed to winning. Yeah. I know the ownership. I know they're committed to winning there, and they have a great history of winning. Yes. Yeah. Now, so the story I read yesterday largely suggests exactly what you're suggesting is that is that to interview them, you don't have to give up compensation, but the Saints they can deny permission to anybody they want to speak to them, and it just doesn't make any sense to. Okay, yeah, you can talk to our guy, but unless you're willing to give us what we want, why would we bother? with giving you permission to speak to him. The Broncos don't have a lot of first-round picks, so that becomes a big question about whether whether they would be willing to do it. There was this report from NFL.com that the Broncos and Saints do appear to be on the same page about trade compensation. The Broncos appear to be willing to beat the price wherever New Orleans is setting it. It's believed to be a first-round pick. Now, is that what they get? I don't know, but Gambo, remember last week we were talking about this. In order to get Bill Belichick, the Patriots gave up a four, a first, a fourth, a future fourth, and a seventh. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in order to get John Gruden, gave up two firsts, 
two seconds and eight million dollars. And what was Parcells? Parcells was oh, I didn't write that one okay, down. But he was a first round pick too. He was a first round pick. Too. He was a first round pick. <laughs> now listen, but if I, but I if I'm a Denver Broncos fan, you're seeing the reports. They've 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 got permission to to talk to Peyton. And there's another report out there that the Broncos are set to interview Jim Harbaugh earlier the early this week. So, like that's what you want. I mean, if we were the if we look, let's be honest. If I was reporting today, or we were reporting that the Cardinals uh, have gotten permission to speak to Sean Payton, and if they got to interview Jim Harbaugh, that would light this fan base on fire. Yes, it would. You know what I'm saying? Like you, that's why I think Denver is the best job. They're not waiting. They're not hesitating. Those are great candidates. We're going to speak to those guys, and we're willing to pay whatever it takes to get that guy here. Right? I want that for the Arizona Cardinals, but the Denver Broncos are doing it. They're actually doing it. So you got to be really happy if you're a Bronco fan. True, but there is a difference. They have an established general manager in place, right? And the Cardinals do not. Like, like there's more of a football infrastructure in place that kind of allows them to start talking because it's, it, it's not just Sean Payton that Denver's talking to. Saw a report today they've requested permission to speak with Dan Quinn. Saw a report today they have requested permission to speak with Raheem Morris of the Rams, D'Amico Ryan's of the San Francisco 49ers. There was a report today that Jim Harbaugh, and this is according to one of his former uh, assistant coaches, that he would, quote, flat out go to Denver. Close quote. A former Harbaugh associate predicted speaking on the condition of anonymity. Yeah. But flat out. So so Denver, we heard Michael Bidwell earlier talking about casting a wide net. Denver's really casting a wide net. It's not just the Sean Payton story. There have been other names that have been very affiliated with Denver in terms of them requesting Let me give you the permission. Harbaugh, let me give you the Harbaugh ties. Condoleezza Rice, who's a member of the Broncos ownership group, deep ties to Stanford. Yep. Uh, Greg Penner, the Broncos co-owner and CEO. CEO got his MBA from Stanford. As we know, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, you know, coached at Stanford. So there are some ties there. Um, and then Harbaugh has, you know, history competing against Russell Wilson. So there are, there's a feeling there that that, you know, that could be a good fit. Um, I would imagine if they could get Peyton that they're going to get Peyton. And if I'm Peyton, I would, I, that's a great job to go get. Now you could sit back and wait and say, okay, what if Dallas opens up? What if the Chargers open up? What if, because there still is the potential for a few, what, what if McVay leaves? Leaves the Rams, so mm-hmm. there still could be a few more openings that we don't know of right now that may depend on what happens to in the playoffs, and may depend on what happens with McVay deciding if he wants to coach or not. No doubt, but you're right. If if word were to get out that the Cardinals had requested permission to speak with the Saints about and Sean were granted, Payton, and were granted that permission, it would it would set this fan base on fire, metaphorically speaking. I mean it, it would it would be it would be roughly the same level of news of when we heard that Peyton Manning had put the Cardinals on a short list, right? It'd be like what? What? Or even when Michael Bidwell ten years ago mentioned Andy Reid as a name they wanted to mention to before ultimately hiring Bruce Arians. It would be now so far so far the Broncos appear to be the only team to have requested and been granted permission by the Saints to speak with Sean Payton. Because all the so far the openings haven't really materialized yet. You mentioned the three biggies that we're kind of waiting on right now. So far the only openings are Carolina, the Texans. Well, there were three firings in the offseason. It was Denver, 
There was Carolina and there was Indy. That yeah. was during the season. Those- and then today you had Lubby Smith and you had Cliff. Now, I imagine Indy's going to move on from Jeff Saturday. They just didn't announce anything right now. Right. Uh, but those, you know, and Carolina, like they've got an interim guy in Steve Wilkes, but they haven't said that. that but you would assume that those are interim guys, so those jobs are open in Carolina. We know Denver's open. We expect Carolina will be. They could go with Steve Wilkes and keep him or go in a different direction. I doubt Indianapolis sticks with Jeff Saturday. And then you've got the two today with Lovey Smith being fired, Cliff Kingsbury being fired. But again, the Rams, what's going to happen with McVay? Mm-hmm. If Dallas gets blown out by Tampa, can, is, is Jerry Jones going to be, look, I'm not done with this McCarthy guy. He's out of here. What if Staley blows it with the char? Like, so there are still several that could go the way of a new coach, but we don't know. Uh, Pro Football Talk had reported yesterday that the Saints expect to hear from the Cardinals about Sean Payton. Now, note the wording of that, that they haven't heard from the Cardinals about Sean Payton, but that they're expecting to. But best we can tell, that hasn't happened yet. One more Sean Payton from the Fox pregame show. How important is the quarterback to you in choosing your next team? I love my job here. And and that's, like, the roster here is pretty good. When you've got Michael Strahan at one end, Howie Long at the other end, Charles is handling the back end. I got Terry as a starting quarterback. I got Mike Vick as my is my Get me fired up here. Yeah, Let's go. I, I got a lot of pieces here. Um, I think that it's really about the triangular relationship, ownership, front office, head coach. Uh, when we went to New Orleans, and I say we because there were a lot of people involved, the quarterback was unsettled at that time. So I, I think ownership and uh, the functionality of, of the front office is most important. Real quick, though, it's not a sure thing you're taking any of these jobs. You might be back here. Yeah, I just went through the lineup. It's pretty good. Hmm. <laughs> okay, that was cheesy. Yeah, that, that was, that was a little cheesy. He wants, to, he wants to coach, but the price for a Super Bowl winning coach is going to be it's going to be high. Yeah. And if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I'm like I'm like I said, I draw the line at giving you my first round pick this year. I'm not doing it. Can't you do could it. have my second this year? Yeah. Or my first in a future year, but no, I'm not giving you the first overall pick. You, you can't. Oh, no, the third overall three. pick. Yeah, yes. you, you, you not doing do it. it. You can't do it at all. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show again, while not straying too far from the news of the day, Cliff Kingsbury out, Steve Keim out. It was a wild and crazy week 18 in the National Football League. What happened yesterday that caught our eye? We'll go through some of the big ones next on the Burns and Gambo show. Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, real quick, before we get into kind of what happened yesterday in Week 18, because a lot happened in Week 18. 33 minutes ago, and we've been super busy, apologized for not getting this out there sooner. Albert Breer reported via his Twitter account that the Arizona Cardinals have put in a request to interview Tennessee Titans Director of Player Personnel Monty Ossenfort for their open GM job. Uh, Ossenfort is, as I mentioned, the Director of Player Personnel for the Tennessee Titans. His background is largely with the New England Patriots. 
I would say mostly with the New England Patriots. Basically, since 2006 through 2019, he was a scout, national scout, assistant director of college scouting, director of college scouting for the Patriots before leaving to join the Titans as director of player personnel. He becomes the fourth reported upon name out there for the GM job for the Cardinals, joining Ian Cunningham, the assistant GM of the Bears, Rand Carthon, the director of player personnel for the 49ers and Adam Peters, the assistant GM of the 49ers. Yeah, he was, you know, one of the, he was the Patriots director of college scouting. And when he joined the Titans, he was, you know, joining Robinson. And it was a lot of former Patriots that went over there. Mike Rabel was that, you know, uh, of course. And um, Austin Ford had interviewed for the Browns GM job that went to Andrew Barry. The Patriots actually blocked him from interviewing for the Texans GM job last year. So, He's been in the league for a long time, has had GM interviews, has been blocked from other GM interviews. So it's an interesting name. Yep. And there's going to be, you brought up the point so well earlier in the show, while the Cardinals might not be divulging any of the names of the people they're speaking to, you better believe that the agents of these general manager, prospective general managers out there, you better believe they're going to want to get it out there in the marketplace. Their guys are interviewing for jobs to create kind of a demand for their market, for their services. Not for this year, it's for previous. Just get the name out there so that that in stories, hey, he got interviewed or he, so as as the agent, you're always going to want that name out there. One team. Top takeaway from yesterday's NFL Week 18. Lions. Easy. Lions beat the Easy. Packers. Easy. Down hey. goes Aaron Rodgers. Seriously, you know what? They I, lo- I loved it. They loved didn't it. make the playoffs. They made me a fan of the Detroit you know that Lions reminded last me of? That hmm. reminded me of the Nets in the bubble. Yeah. That reminded me of the Nets. I got nothing to play for. But we're going to play our asses off. Play our asses off and we're going to see and, what we and, can and do. And they played Portland. The Nets played Portland. They had nothing to play for except to ruin Portland's season. I think, yeah, because the Portland got it over the over the Suns. Um, the Lions had nothing to play for because Seattle won. Seattle, I was I was so NFL red zone yesterday. I was very NFL red zone me because too. it was like Seattle, the kicker misses the kick and it goes to overtime, right? And you're thinking, okay, maybe there's a chance. Yeah, I kind of wanted the the. Rams to win because I wanted Detroit to get in. That would have cost me a coffee. I owe you a mocha. A mocha. It's like a hot chocolate. I don't really drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> I like mocha. With caffeine. Can you imagine John Gambadero caffeinated? God help us Yes, all. I want a large mocha. Oh boy. Look out. Yes. I owe you a mocha because I thought the Rams were going to win that yeah, game. And I thought week, Seattle actually. would win just because Seattle, Seattle had something to play from the Rams didn't, but it was a close game and then Seattle wins it. Then you're thinking, okay, there's, there's no reason for Detroit to play hard, but they did. They played Harden, they won. They had lost 27 out of 30 games at Lambeau Field. 27 out of 30. The Packers had everything. By the way, the Lambeau Field home field advantage, done. It's done. They can't win big games there. Overrated. At least under Aaron Rodgers, it's overrated. They have the last three games there where they were playing elimination games at Lambeau Field. They were favored all three times, and all three times they lost. So my wife was waiting for it to end so we could watch like the final episode of Jack Ryan. Um, It's an Amazon (laughs) on Prime show we really we, we like and uh-huh. so and she kept saying like my look at it's so cold there look at you can still the breath yeah like it should be an advantage for Green Bay but it's not no nope. it's not an advantage Detroit punked them but I love that coach that's one of my favorite coaches Dan in the league Campbell. Dan Campbell fourth and one we could kick a field goal go up six but then Aaron Rodgers has time to come down the field score a touchdown we lose let's just go for it and try to win the game because they were up four or they were up um 
What would they up at that they time? Four. They, they were up four. four. So they could have tied it. The Packers could have tied it. What does a field goal do? You're already up. A f- they already got to score a touchdown. Go yeah. for it. Go for it. Go for it. Yep. You know, we're going to go for it. What's kicking the field goal do? Puts me up seven. They can still tie it. I get the first down, the game's over. Gets the first down, game over. Aaron Rodgers this year did not throw for 300 yards in any game. No, he did not. Not once did he throw for 300 yards. And that not was once. fascinating drama as well. I hope you hung on long enough to, to, the press conference? to watch his walk off the field. Did you see his walk well, off the, the field? I saw the one guy from the Lions asked, if, can, I, can we switch jerseys or can I have your like, jersey? Nope, this one's kind of special. This one's special. I'm oh, keeping this one. I want to hold on to this yeah. one. And he walks literally arm in arm with Randall Cobb as they're walking off that field, and you can just see him. He's looking around. He's looking around a little more. At one point, Taking he's like it all in. walking off the field in the tunnel, and the NBC camera's kind of keeping up with him, and he almost kind of shoved the camera out of his way, like, dude, give me some space here or whatever. But there was very much a, I'm kind of soaking this up, taking it all in. To, and, and so that has increased the, the speculation that his days are done with, with Green Bay, that that's it for him, the way he walked off that field. I'll say this about the Lions suit, that hook and ladder play. God, that was Great. Yes. That was great. Yep. That was great. And they even made the comment during the broadcast, and I think they're right. If the Lions actually had something to play for yesterday, would they have done that? I don't know. No, they might not. And they might have kicked the field goal instead of going for the fourth and one. But because they could be so fearless and right. careless and carefree and just, hey, let's just do whatever the bleep we want right now. You want to run a hook and ladder? You want to throw the ball backwards in a moment where we feel, sure, why not? What the hell we got to lose? Hey. Nothing right now. Let's do it. It's great. It was so much fun to watch. I wanted them to get in so bad. I, I, like Detroit was my first choice. Seattle second. I didn't want Green Bay in at all. I didn't want Green Bay in. And I certainly didn't. My, my goal was I didn't want New England in, and I didn't want Green Bay in, and I got both of those. Because Buffalo beat New England. First play of the game was dramatic, you know, kickoff return for the touchdown. It was just, it was amazing. That was pretty cool to see. That was really cool to see. Yeah, those, it that, was. That game, I mean, I was red zoning it yesterday, too. That game was just, I, I didn't watch that whole game, but every time they showed a highlight from that game, whether it was it was the first kickoff return, the second kickoff return, Turn. The touchdown to Diggs, Should the Stefan, the, the touchdown to Diggs, which was an incredible throw. The and I was watching that live, and the announcer just said, "Well, Diggs has been really quiet today. Next play, boom, touchdown to the Diggs." Throw was remarkable. The touchdown to John Brown, as in whatever happened to John Brown? Yeah, and then he gives, gives the, the ball, ball to the trainer, to the trainer who saved Hamlin. By He's the way, only played like two or three games with them this it's year. Crazy. He hasn't played a whole lot. And we're burying the lead on this one. Yeah, I don't know if anybody saw. Um, Hamlin was released from the hospital today. Yes, he went he, to some, uh, somewhere else. Like he, Facility or yeah, something, he or? was he was released from the hospital yeah. today, and um, apparently was on the first kickoff return. He set off every alarm in the ICU because he was still hooked into all the stuff. The doctors had a press conference today, so all like the heart monitors and everything went crazy because he went crazy because of the kickoff return. That was really cool. I didn't want the Seahawks to get in. I, I was. I just. But did, I, I did. I real. And you I, and I had Green Bay. Mm. See, Detroit was my first preference. Seattle second. You know what? What's wrong with the Geno Smith story, man? That's a good story. It's, it's just. I, Come on, Geno Smith. It's it's Pete Carroll. It's Pete Carroll. It's just a lifetime of not liking them, I or get at least it. a recent I get lifetime. It, but of, man, I'm tired of the Packers and Rodgers. So I just I, think I, like, I think the Packers and Rodgers get in there, and they probably cause some chaos. Seattle gets in there. They play San Francisco. They're probably going to get throttled in week. One, you know, whereas at least the Packers, I think that might have given them a game a little bit in the first round. I'm happy to see Aaron Rodgers not getting the playoffs. Uh, Anything else from yesterday that stood out? Cincinnati beat Baltimore. That was in Philadelphia. No, took care of business. Yeah, no coin flip necessary. Did no you coin see flip the, necessary. Did you see no the Joe Mixon touchdown celebration? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The coin down. Down. He the pulls the, the coin the out of his sock and, and flips it. And then he's like, you because he was so anti um, that. Jacksonville. We forgot about Saturday night. Jacksonville. Yeah. Heck of a uh, the, taking the, care of business. The fumble and the fumble return for a touchdown. Incredible, taking care of business. incredible. incredible they're going to lose. Incredible ending to that. And game. then the fumble return for the touchdown, and Jacksonville wins. And their division cha- last year they were t- but they had the first pick in the draft last year, and now they're with division champions. I was with you though. I was rooting for the Steelers so, so bad. bad, and I, they were winning I wanted the, whole the Dolphins game. to lose so bad just to get the Steelers in, and, and it was a chance. Yeah, it was, it was so bad. Was, I know, I know, tied. and a tie would have done it. A tie, a tie would have done a it. A tie would have done it. A tie would have gotten the Steelers in. I wanted it so bad. We'll preview the playoffs a little bit more. Oh, look at that. Coach Prime is getting some national TV love on the pregame show for the national championship game. Oh, yeah. Mm. Look out for Coach Prime. Is kind of like what Herm Edwards was getting? Yeah, well, this might play. be a little different and a little more threatening. And look, Nick Saban it. is at the national championship, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was this an Aflac commercial <laughs> that they're doing up there? Probably not. When we come back, man, it's already 4 o'clock. we got what? a lot to get you caught up on. You bet. 4 o'clock reset is next. So many stories over the long weekend. We'll talk about them next on Burns and Yambo.